0: If you are a serial dater who never gets much further than a date one or two, there may be a pattern here. I always say that if it happens to you a couple times, it's normal, especially in the wild, wild west of dating and especially in the online world. But if it's happening more times than not, it definitely is a pattern. And if you don't get asked out on a second date, it could just be that you're out of this person's league or he or she didn't understand your incredibly witty humor or this person had to leave the country due to some sort of legal issue they chose to keep a secret or it could be some something just simpler than that. And there is a chance that whatever initial attraction these dates had for you quickly disappeared due to something about you. Now, the good news is, is that it's about you, not them, which means you can do something about it. To me, that's where the empowerment comes in. And the other side of the coin is, and I'll just say this, is that you might also be attracted to people who are simply not available. So the unavailable, the avoidant people are, and this is according to research, are the ones that often ghost. So you can't change them, right? You can't change the people who disappear or ghost or breadcrumb or gaslight and all those like buzzwords that you hear these days, but you can look at things you might be doing that you can shift to change the result. Now, I want to go over some common mistakes people make when dating and that often prevents their date to not say, oh, I would love to see you again. And this is just coaching for so long and seeing kind of the commonalities The first one is there may be some sort of leakage of you being negative. Now, it's not intentional, it may not be in the conscious level, but there's there's a common trap to fall into a negative mindset, especially if you've been dating a lot and it hasn't been successful. So be careful that that negativity can show up in your attitude, your body language, the way you say things, and your date might get completely turned off if they perceive you as anything negative, like complaining, overpowering, and know-it-all. Um, you know, people at the end of the day are attracted to happy, fun, confident people. So really focus on cultivating these qualities within yourself and that contagious positivity will attract the opposite sex. It's like, a you know, you're creating that magnetic energy that just draws people to you. Now, the second mistake I see happening is you might be appearing desperate or needy. Now, it never feels good for either sex when you have to chase. And many people find themselves, and I will say, especially after a long relationship or a divorce, this desire to find someone in that state of urgency and eagerness. And Here's the thing. It's really important to take a deep breath and pace things out. Stay present with your date so that you really get to know them and try to avoid being overly nice or just hoping to get a date that works and revealing too much, you know, that can translate as desperate or clingy. And instead, your energy should be more alluring so the date is drawn to you and you're kind of pacing that out. The third mistake I see a lot is getting stuck in your head, especially if you tend to be a little more analytical in nature, if you're an overthinker. But on top of it, if you're a new dater, you might be completely in your head with all this. You might be nervous, and secure, not confident. Nonetheless, get out of your head and try to avoid thinking about what to say. Don't worry about or guess how your date is viewing you you know, just ask questions, listen, but also share about yourself. So Sometimes too much reading into things or not talking enough can really hold you back. The fourth mistake, and I'm sorry, this is going to be a drum roll and probably the biggest culprit, is a lack of sex appeal and flirting. (laughs) You knew I was going to say that. Whether it's because You haven't had a lot of dating experience, or maybe you've been hurt or fearful of giving off the wrong impression many people turn off their flirty fun side. So dates then interpret you as being boring. You might be put in the friend zone or they'll just come back and say, oh, I just didn't feel the chemistry. And it sounds really simple, but letting go of that urgency to find that perfect partner and the need to interview 100 people on dates, it's really freeing when you are present and just having fun. So lose the Q&A, And instead, just share stories and laugh. There's plenty of time to get to know someone. So I have a woman on the line who is a new dater, and she is struggling with getting past the first interactions with men. And she'll start communicating with them, and she'll have some Zoom calls and phone calls with them. And then after, they tend to disappear. So she definitely is encountering a lot of ghosts. I want to help to bring her on, crack the code of these ghosting men and empower her with some dating tools so that she can lure more men past the first dates. Welcome, Nikki. Are you there? Hi, Kimi. Hi, how are you? Pretty good, thank you. Thanks for coming on. You're chuckling. What are you chuckling about? (laughs) Did you relate (laughs) to some of what I was saying?
1: Yes, I definitely... um, relate to what you just said. And thank you for this opportunity. I feel, you know, blessed of being here with you today.
0: Oh, well, I, I feel, I'm the one that feels blessed. I'm glad we feel blessed together and let's get you like past the first date. (laughs) Um, you know, and I love I love these calls too when I haven't talked to people. So you and I have not talked, which I think is really kind of cool because I really want to just um, hear about you and help you through some of this. Maybe just share a little bit about you, like your background and what like kind of challenges you've been facing now that you're a new dater.
1: Yes, I'm recently divorced. I took the time to work on myself. I was married to a narcissist. So I know what it what it is and how you suffer when you are not in the right relationship. So I work on myself and I've been, you know, trying to learn how to properly date nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I notice, you know, uh, I'm putting myself out there, but I notice that I, you know, get these interaction interactions with, with what it seems to be, you know, high quality guys and have some conversations but then they disappear so i was wondering you know uh how i can improve you know my skills uh, mm. to see if i can move past this stage
0: yes uh well and, and i was saying to you before we even got on here i i just love this topic cuz so many people feel completely, you know, puzzled why things happen like this. And, and it's also a different world. Like you're different. The world is different. And As you get back out there, it's like navigating it all, but it does sound like there's this pattern happening with these ghosters and things aren't progressing. Um, Tell me a little bit more, just like maybe your backstory and, and where you got, did you have a lot of dating experience before you met your ex?
1: I dated for a few, for a few years. I wouldn't say that I had a lot of experience, you know, I was doing, you know, the best I could.
0: Right. Like, did you have mostly, like, were you a relationship person mostly? Like you would have a few relationships or did you ever have a period of time, even before you were married, where you were just dating up a storm without getting attached to anyone, just like dating, dating?
1: No, I had a a couple of, um, big relationships that lasted a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I met my ex-husband.
0: Yeah. So you're more of a relationship gal, right? Like you've, you kind of had a few of those long-term interactions and relationships, but it sounds like you, you haven't really just explored and learning how to date even before all of this happened. So this, this is really new for you.
1: Yes, and uh, now that I've been working on myself, mm-hmm. I realize like I have this masculine energy. And, uh, and I, you know, you bring that in your life and everything. I grew up with two older brothers, and I study a main career, and I'm always, you know, around men. And I didn't realize until now that I have a, a lot of masculine energy. And I think that in the past, you know, that's something that I brought. In the relationships, and I was attracting the the wrong kind of person for me.
0: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Tell me more about that. When you say masculine energy, like how has that played out?
1: You know, sometimes I feel like the guy has to, you know, lead the relationship. And sometimes, you know, I, I kind of feel, you know, the pressure, and I was asking like too many questions and trying, you know, like to lead the relationship. And now I understand. That uh you know that's not you know my seed that I have to you know let the guy to to let the relationship at least at the beginning, and then you you mm. see if if you if it is a fit or not, I think that in the past you know I would meet someone, maybe you know I thought that it was a a, a good guy for me, mm-hmm. and i try I tried to feed myself in that relationship, but that's something that I did in the past and. Of course, it
0: doesn't work out. Ah, yeah. Are you, Nikki, are you more of like a caretaker? Like, do you tend to be a little bit of a people pleaser too?
1: Yes, yes. I'm guilty
0: of that. (laughs) Guilty as charged? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and the reason why I mentioned it is that, you know, like you kind of tipped your hat when you said, you know, you tried to kind of mold into and fit into what, you know, the man might want of you or have it work, you know, and that happens sometimes when you're a people pleaser. Does that sometimes also get in the way where you, you focus so much on the man that you don't show up enough with yourself and set boundaries and express your feelings?
1: Yes. No, I, that's true. Like, you know, like I abandoned myself in the past and mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that now, you know, I realize so I'm paying attention to those things now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's interesting because you were saying how, like, everything, a lot of things are tied to the past. And obviously, I, I, yeah, that that's true. And we all start getting programmed in a certain way, you know, early on. Like, do you know where that comes from? Like, when you were younger, were you kind of, like, more quiet and kind of people-pleaser even as a child?
1: Yes, yes. I I can say that I completely and totally dedicated my life to please mm-hmm. my parents. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I, I picked my career just to fulfill my mother's desire. Um, I have to say I do not regret it. I'm really good at what I do. I think that it was the right call for me. But I noticed that in my past, I was just, you know, trying to to please them. I just wanted them to be proud of me.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's really, it's such a common quest. And it's like that also is how you've been translating of gaining love and validation, right? And so fast forward to, you know, kind of your ex So you called a narcissist, you know, maybe it's like in some ways your parents gave some signals that you had to do more to gain that. Right. And so you might be attracted to that dynamic of, you know, kind of chasing or trying to, you know, get approval of, you know, the love kind of thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. No, it does. Now I realize how it was wrong. Um, Sometimes you go in life, I've been able to accomplish every goal that I have set for myself, every dream that I have had. And mm. I never questioned, you know, my thinking process. And now I realize that uh, there are certain things that I've done that is just not normal.
0: Mm. Well, here's the thing, you know, I don't even know what normal is <laughs> these days, right? And I, and it's not even like the things you did wrong or what's normal or not normal. It's just, it, it, it was a pattern, you know, and it was something that you learned. It's like a habit. That's why I like to call it more of a habit than anything else. And right now you get to break your habits, you know, and it sounds like you've done some beautiful work on yourself and it's so time to like, it's almost like getting a little selfish and having it be all about you. Cause it sounds like you've always focused on other people and accomplishment and achievement. And now it's time to really just enjoy and really express your desires and your passions and your feelings. But that can be hard, right? Like if you, have if you've never done that before, this is like a new journey for you.
1: Yes. It's completely, you know, um, Pushing out of my comfort zone. And sometimes, you know, it's out of your comfort zone and you feel like, like lost at times. You know, it's painful mm-hmm. to grow and just going through this, you know, growing stage is, is a struggle a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, it, the discomfort can also leave you paralyzed or, you know, feeling defeated and that kind of thing. And what I hope to do with you today is help you push past that and almost lean into the discomfort as more of excitement. Cause that's really when people change is when they're in a state of discomfort. Cause if you just stay in comfort, you're staying the same, right? In the comfy cocoon as I call it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, let's get into it with with where things are at now and how that is, I just want to tie things together. So the stuff that you shared about the people pleasing and focusing on the men and the masculine energy, how have you seen that show up now with your current dating style? Have you seen the connection?
1: Um, I think that maybe I'm on my head a lot because like, I'm aware of my old patterns and I try not to do it now. So like I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like I, right. but, you know, like, like I know what I don't have to do, but just trying to transition on what I have to do is is what I struggle. Like I start like texting. Um, I noticed in the past that I have you know relationships with people in my same same field, and I feel really comfortable. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would, I would ask a guy, what do you do for a living? But it's just to see if we, you know, if we are in the same field. And someone told me, well, if I'm a guy and you ask me, what do I do for a living? I'm going to think that you are trying to, you know, figure out how much I make. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's completely wrong. And that's not what I'm doing. So I'm very, like, <laughs> conscious about, you know, the questions that I'm asking and not you know not to come across the wrong way so I just kind of follow the conversation with the guy and he asks me a question so, so then I you know I ask him the same thing but I, I might come across as boring or not interested mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. like you know I don't I don't know this this <laughs> is the part that I'm struggling a little bit
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. I love that you shared that. So, so right. Like you're spending so much energy thinking and trying to determine what he's thinking that you just kind of sit there and then it becomes like this Q and a session. Yes. (laughs) Question, answer, question, answer. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Yes. And then within that, is there like a sense of kind of this stale energy? Like I, I don't, hear any are you flirting are you being goofy are you telling stories um
1: well it depends on what he's asking you know if the conversation Uh. allows it you know I I will I have a lot of personality but it takes me you know a little bit to warm up and just let my personality to come out and at the beginning you know you just start you know a call so you just cannot like like take it, you know, what I would like to. So I think that is something that I'm struggling. Yes.
0: Ah, yes, yes. I call it reactive dating instead of proactive dating. So it sounds like you're, you're, because you're slow to warm up, you're waiting for the guy to give you some sort of signal or energy that you can work off of rather than you just showing up yourself and being proactive with that.
1: Yes, uh,
0: you're right. Got it, got it. Okay, so what? Nail it. <laughs> Bam! I think I've done this before. No, but only to say that it's not that I'm a mind reader or anything like that. Is like this is such a common thing too, by the way, especially with high achievers and people pleasers because you know you're so used to being goal oriented, right? And yes. yeah. And, and understanding the purpose of things. And also because you're wanting to please, you're very careful on what you say and how you say it. So that expends a lot of energy, but when you're doing that and you're in your head so much, you're losing the moment, you're losing the fun, you're losing the flirtation and the like flowiness of what the conversation could, could be. So, okay. This is really good. Now, what about Other things that you've uncovered. I mean, I don't know if there were some things that resonated in my beginning of the podcast, or or things you're noticing about yourself where you're like, yeah, I think that's that's been challenging.
1: Well, the other thing is, um, the other day I was reading an article, and they said that uh, people who are achievers, well, women who are achievers, they normally um, you put so much time and energy on yourself but then you see a result you see that things pay off right and right. we tend to do the same with men thinking okay i'm just going to work on this guy and he's going to become you know what i want and i think that in the past you know i was guilty of doing that because i would be dating the potential and not actually the guy
0: yes yes you're you're busy doing the interview <laughs> well that
1: was in the past. Yeah, in the past yeah, I was yeah. guilty of doing those things. So now like you know, I feel that I'm on my head a lot. Mm-hmm. Making this transition, you know, like trying to break all those patterns. It's you know, it's been hard.
0: Of course, no, of course it's hard. You know, it's um you and I were having a conversation off the air about like learning English. You know, I really see all of this as a language. And if you haven't grown up speaking this language and thinking this way, it takes a bit. Right. And, 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 but, it's like, if you don't have the tools and the roadmap in order to study it, it can feel right, like really daunting and overwhelming and defeating. So I have some ideas for you for sure, but I want to also ask you about um, your body language and are you aware of your body language? Is it open? Is it, are you flirty? You know, do you have a sense of that? I think
1: that because I'm nervous at the beginning, you know, not knowing how it's going to go, I guess that I'm not fully aware.
0: Yeah. Cause you're so busy being in your head that you're not in your body probably.
1: Yes. Yes. You're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there might be some stiffness going on. Right. And You know, I always like to remind people 93% of communication is actually nonverbal. So it's not even what you're saying that's as important, but how you're showing up. And so that is something also high achievers have. And like you want to do the right thing and be results oriented and all those things that you're missing also being just like really grounded in your body and also flowy in your femininity. Um. Are are you aware of like that, the flirty femininity piece as well? And the way, like even your conversations online.
1: Um, Like I try, but sometimes, you know, I feel that I don't have like the window of opportunity to to flirt depending on the conversations.
0: So give me an example of that. I want to dissect that a little bit. Because see, you're saying a lot of things. That's a pattern where you're like, you're, you keep saying, I'm waiting for dot, dot, dot. Like I'm waiting for that opportunity. I'm waiting for the guy to give me signals. Right. And then that, and that's what to me, where the empowerment comes in, knowing that you don't have to wait, like you can just jump in and do, but it (laughs) is, um, I don't
1: know. Maybe if he's telling me that he's, I don't know, driving down to go and see his his family, and he asked me, what are you up to this weekend?" Uh-huh. Um, so that is the scenario.
0: Yeah. And what do you yeah. say to that? Like that's a good example. What do you say when he's like with that example?
1: Well, I said that you know I had plans with my friends. We were going to see a, a band live. And and that was all that I said. Okay. I guess that I'm not really good at this, you know. This is this is hard for me.
0: Yeah, it's the conversation flow, you know. And this is what's fun to teach. And people. it's
1: text messaging. It's text messaging, which is also unpersonal. Yeah. So yes. Yeah.
0: It's another language and it's another crucial one to learn um now because it's a way it's another way of flirting. You know, back in the day if you're over the age 40, we never really had to rely on texting. It was always in person with everything. And so trying to understand how to keep things going in between dates where it is fun and flirty on text exchanges and phone calls on zoom, that is another, like, just like learning curve. It really is. So going back to your example, um, I always tell people, you know, you can, you don't always have to answer the question at face value. You know, I, I actually love answering questions with questions and my clients know this. Like I, I was working with, um, a group, I have, uh, Group that I coach in, and a woman had a text exchange much like yours, and it was so boring, right? Like it was just like Mm -hmm. it was transactional. What are you up to this weekend? Oh, not much. I'm hanging out with my friends. It was like very similar, and she just was never getting asked out. And it wasn't until we crafted some really flirty, fun responses in ways of like have it being more of a fun game where then he started getting really you know, attracted to her and interested. And then he eventually asked her out and we literally did it by just crafting a few things. And so instead of saying, oh, I did this and that with a friend saying, well, that depends on what you might think is fun. Or can you guess three things that I do enjoy doing? You know, like it's kind of like engaging them in a playful Uh game that can really make a difference. So that would be kind of my first tip. I want to get into some okay. like coaching tools for you is to okay. really practice your conversation skills without getting attached to the outcome. And that's going to be really hard for you <laughs> because you're goal oriented, right? You're result oriented. So instead of going online and looking for let's say a date or a boyfriend, you're going to go online with the sole purpose of practice. So it's a different mindset. Okay. How does that land with you?
1: No, it sounds good, but um, sometimes like I'm mindful of not maybe coming across as desperate. And I guess, I guess sometimes, you know, I can, you know, I can come and say something funny, but what it stops me is like, I don't want to come
0: across like I'm desperate. Yes. Okay. So let's kind of go over also the mindset overall. So the first thing is to really think about online dating and just dating in general as one big party is that like you're going online, you are just, you know, walking into a situation, a date, a party, and you're sole purpose. And the only purpose is to practice connecting with men in ways of flirtation in ways of conversation and just really like having that as your first goal and not worrying about what the guys think. Worry more about what you think. And this is going to be the mindset. And, you know, obviously that'll take some work. And if I can help you further, we can talk about that too later, but that the mindset in the very first thing before you even go into an interaction, whether it's online or offline is really important. And I would almost do a little like plan for yourself where you're doing something that gets you out of your head and more in your body. So before you go online, turn on some salsa music and dance, you know, um, maybe you watch a funny YouTube video or a movie that gets you laughing And the more you can kind of like forget all this conversation and monkey chatter that's in your head and be more like in this kind of flowy body type of energy, it'll help you let go a little bit because this isn't about the man, Nikki, this is about you. Like who cares about what he's thinking? It's what you're thinking and how you're enjoying. And then the right guy is going to want to join you in that. So I think that's the biggest switch is moving from being reactive to proactive and coming from a place of what you want. Yes, you're right. Okay. So that's like, it's almost like some, some prep work to do before. So it's a mindset. All right. The second thing is then you're, yes, go online. And I would say like be strategic about it. Maybe three to four times a week for a half hour, you're just going online and you're practicing these kind of like flirty conversations where you're not trying to say the right thing or, you know, holding back. You're just being playful and try to have more of a question and answer in your conversation. So what I'm hearing you do is like you wait for the guy to ask you a question, you answer it, and then either you you just kind of stay quiet, <laughs> or you wait for the next question. So I, once you answer the guy, then you ask a question back. That's kind of fun in, in pertaining to whatever subject that you're talking about. And again, I know I'm talking about kind of more specifics and higher level, but if you can get this general sense and like you can even just experiment on your own.
1: Yes. No, I always try to ask a question just to keep going the conversation, but I, I have to, you know, make a, a fun question, a fun follow-up question.
0: Yes. And I would say do it. It's something that's in more detail. You know, so instead of saying, how was your weekend or what do you like to do for fun? I hate those questions, by the way, because they're, they're really like lofty and big and sometimes a little too esoteric. And you don't really know how to answer that. Do something that's more specific to him. like What are you noticing about something interesting in his profile that you're curious about? You know, if he said that he traveled to uh, Costa Rica and had a great time, well, if you're from Costa Rica, you could ask him about something specific around that and then mention something that you like and that you grew up there. You know, so it's relating to something more specific that always lends itself to a better conversation.
1: No, yes, you're right. I have to, you know, pay more attention and, and sort of prepare a little bit.
0: Yes. Okay. And then the third tip that I will say, and I haven't really asked you this, how is your dating wardrobe? I've
1: been working on it. I uh-huh. got a few dresses and I got back on on makeup. So I I think that I'm that I'm sort of good in that sense.
0: And how often are you wearing these dresses and caring for yourself with the makeup like are you doing it only when you have a date are you being more mindful as you're like out and about in the world
1: um I normally you know wear makeup um and the dresses on the weekends you know Mm -hmm. when I go and run errands just to you know make an effort right yes and uh and since I'm single and available you never know where you can meet someone so I try to you know, look together every time that I go uh, out on the weekends.
0: Okay. I love this because that's, this is where I was headed. Now you have your costume on, you're going out and about. Are you smiling at guys? Are you making eye contact? Are you having conversations?
1: Uh, I'm trying, you know, when I go mm-hmm. to the supermarket and, yes. and doing, you know, certain things, I try to practice a little bit there.
0: Okay, good, good. And I would say like, do this just like, you know, as people go to the gym to do a regular exercise routine, do do that as an exercise routine and put it in your calendar. You know, like once a week you're going to go and you're going to just practice putting on your dress And smiling, making eye contact and just like be in your femininity because the more that you embrace that and you embody that, that'll also like translate into like when you're going out on dates and really like enjoying that part of you. So I highly recommend that and just start to be more aware of your body language when you're on dates with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, the final thing that I will say is to address, I think, kind of the the bigger thing. And, And obviously, like it sounds like you've done some work around it, but it's more how you can put the work that you've been doing into application when it comes to men. And that is sharing more about yourself and being a little more vulnerable as you talk to these guys. Because one of the things that I think you mentioned even before we hopped on is that you tend to be more focused, right, on, on the guy, even in conversations.
1: Yes. I feel that, you know, in order for you to be vulnerable, like you have to have like, like a few dates so you can start digging and, and really get to know the person, right? You know, it's kind of hard, you know, when you are texting back and forward. I think that at the beginning the idea is to have like fun conversations because sometimes you know when you get vulnerable, it can be it can go like deep quickly. Yes. And I I feel that you, you know, when it's at the the first interactions, I guess that you have you try to avoid that a little bit and it's something more fun when you are like in person, when I feel like maybe after the third date that you can kind of start, you know having certain conversations to get a feel for the other person.
0: Yes, I'm really really happy that you just said that because so many people confuse vulnerability with TMI, too much information. <laughs> you know, especially when first meeting someone and The difference, and this is what I teach a lot of my clients, is that you're right. Like You're not going to go on a first date and say, let me tell you about my childhood and what it means to me, Um, nor are you going to divulge all this information about your past relationships. But what vulnerability means when you're first getting to know someone is using feeling words your passions, your desires so that someone feels you. And if you are someone who's not used to like using feeling words and conversations, it'd be really great for you to practice that from the minute you say hello. The minute you say hello, it's not waiting for the second or third date to share something that you love or that you're excited about or something that made you laugh. I think um, a lot of times people spew a bunch of facts back and forth. But at the end of the day, it's not about the facts, but the feeling somebody has when they're with you. And one way of creating that emotional connection is through feeling words and to really practice that, like practice storytelling and practice, you know, like sharing feelings. Believe it or not, there is a huge connection with you in attracting unavailable and avoidant people. And, and this dynamic that we're talking because, you know, you might want to ask yourself, well, are you available? You know, are you sharing enough to have someone get to like really feel you? And when you open yourself up like that, that's when you start having more available people chime in.
1: Okay. No, I tried. I have a lot of passions in my life. So at Uh the beginning, I always like share the things that I'm passionate about it. Right.
0: Beautiful. Uh, I
1: try I try to be very positive when I talk and I always say, Hey, you know, for example, I love running. I love going to races. I Mm -hmm.
0: love
1: races at Disney and that kind of thing. So I share about, you know, the things that I love and enjoy in my life.
0: That's awesome. Keep doing that. Like that's really good practice. Even with, even online, you know, like doing little stories like that with and sharing the feelings I think for you, I. You know, it sounds like overall you're that slow to warm up dynamic and you being kind of reactive is what's preventing you from moving forward. And the more you get comfortable doing that in the beginning stages from the minute you say hello and being proactive and not worrying about what the guy thinks or what the guy is giving you, you're coming from your, like your passion, you know, your energy that's when you might start seeing a difference and also cranking up the flirty dial <laughs> in your conversations and your body language and just getting more comfortable. Cause I just want to say, I mean, like, this is all new to you. Right. And also give yourself yes. a break, you know, I just like, that's why I just breathe into it and use this time as experimentation and practice rather than worrying about, you know, what's next.
1: Yes, no, you're right. I, I feel that. Like I'm on my head and I'm just trying to, you know, figure it out. But, yeah. but I need to relax. I need to like take a nice run and relax. And yes.
0: Breathe into it. Meditation, yoga, salsa, like something that's just more like, you know, just slow down and breathe because you have all the time in the world. And the more, t- more time that you give yourself and pace things out, you'll be more present and then you you will have guys starting to connect with you more and more.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh my God. You are so welcome. So as I send you off, what is like the one thing that you can commit to that really resonated with you that you're going to put into practice like today?
1: Um, I didn't realize that I was reacting instead of being proactive. So I, that is something that I'm going to be mindful and just, you know, trying to be more flurry when I'm texting and talking to the guys. I think that those two things, mm. um, I, I will commit to it for in the future.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm going to check back with you and see what's happening. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, I loved having you on. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing. And we will hear about you soon.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, the podcast and being here with you. Thank you for your advice.
0: Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, of course. I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, kimmyseltzer.com. And if you are having a hard time progressing on your dates and you want to crack the code on what to do about it, hop on a free coaching call with me by clicking the link you see in the show notes. I'd love to help you like I just did with Nikki. And remember, Working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.